He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a great keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 98 of a Good Talk Spoil Golf podcast. I'm James Richardson and as always I'm here with Barry. Hey Barry. Hey James. Uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, at Podcast GTS is the Twitter handle, a good talk spoiled at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, I suppose let's start where we always start and uh, our own games. I did not play last week. Um, I was away, but I did make the the driving range and did my practice and did the gym and did all the bits I was meant to do, but I didn't get to have the enjoyment of going out and playing. But, uh, Barry, you did. Seems like I probably missed a fairly all right week weather-wise to, uh, to skip. Not a bad one to dodge, no. Um, it started out actually quite pleasant, just a, lot, a light breeze, but the wind was always forecast to uh, strengthen straight around, and by the fifth hole it was really hitting hard. And by the time we got to the twelfth, which is our... Par 4, um, you drive kind of into the abyss down into the valley. It's a short par 4. The wind's helping you, it's almost drivable. Wind's against, it is a drive, and as I found out, 7 iron from 116 to the front of the green, wow. which uh, came up 10 yards short, So, and that was off a downhill lie as well. Hardly uh, struck then, was it? No, no, I, <laughs> I hit it pretty sweet. Well, my gauge, well, normally that's my uh, my gap wedge. I went, okay, so I'm going to add four clubs here because of the wind, and that wasn't enough. So, and the curiosity was that was was it? Were you trying to play it low? Was oh, I did. It, yeah, three quarter swing, like played it low. Saw okay. you know, saw off, follow through. I was quite happy with the shot. I went, oh god, that's going to be 15 foot left to the pin if it's pin high. And it I went, wasn't. Be good. <laughs> and, and like a complete asshole, I said, be good. <laughs> oh, no. Talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball talking. Yeah, yeah, no. Terrible, terrible, oh, terrible. Oh, no. That's, that's a major fail. Massive fail. So, you never told me that when I was talking to you during the week. No, no. But you're kind of, like, it's much more fun to give you the opportunity <laughs> to abuse me face to face. Anyway, Did so, anybody hear it? Or Because hopefully with the wind, it was probably... Uh, not heard. Maybe know. maybe in the clubhouse a few early finishers or somebody going. Oh, there's Barry hoping to. Uh... Yeah. So at uh, that stage there was a little bit of rain as well. So it was look. We were. I was happy to finish at uh, after twelve holes. Twelve holes. What was the last time you played eighteen? Can you remember? But three weeks ago, I think three four weeks ago, okay. I kind of finished out around. Anyway, not going to have much choice now. One more weekend of twelve holes, and we're back to eighteen hole competitions. I know. I can't I'm wait. looking forward to it. I am. Like the thing is, when when the weather is bad. Um, it's tough to make that turn and play the 13th, which is a, a long par 5 up the hill. It's a good hole, but it's a tough one because you know you're kind of looping up around the back of the course to, to play 13, 14, 15, 16, and then come back 17 and 18 are kind of like the home or trek towards the clubhouse. When the weather's not that nice, it's a tough kind of push, and there's no, you know, it's you're only just doing those last six holes for practice. So there's the incentive to actually continue to do it, it's, it's not quite there. You know, it's not a 
very juicy carrots. Well, it takes like it out of your hands. It takes it out of our hands in in, yeah. in a week's time when we have no choice but to play the eighteen, no, good. regardless of the weather. And the weather's getting better at the moment. We're having quite a nice three, four days here at the moment in Ireland. You know, it's dry, it's sunny during the day, there's no clouds. The course... A lot of frost in the morning. But, that's, well, but look, this kind of dry weather, the course needs it so much and it'll help it along a lot and hopefully the water table's just draining away and lowering itself. You were saying to me on Sunday, that, or uh, yeah, Sunday when we were speaking about the golf over the weekend, uh, the course is firming up. It mm-hmm. seems to be you know, getting a little bit and the greens seem to be more receptive. In terms of the tee boxes, we were at a very, 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 very forward tees uh, yes. beyond, in fact, forward of the ladies' tee over the last couple of weeks. Are we moving slightly back or were we still we, right uh, up? We, the, had, we had been on the, the junior tees, I guess. Yeah, we called yeah. them in our place. So um, a few of them are starting to move back. Yeah, and they're, it's, it's funny in our place because it's not a long golf course. You know, It's only 6,500 yards, par 71. When we do make those jumps, it feels quite substantial because there's not very many options in the tee boxes, but there it's like one big leap and another big leap. You know, so you're going junior tees to whites, then back to blues, and they seem to happen very quickly. So all of a sudden, one week you could be playing a course that's off the whites, which is five nine five thousand nine hundred yards. The next week you're back off the blues, and you're you're at another five hundred yards to the course. And, and I think for, for listeners, just to put it in perspective of the first hole, you know, when we're at the forward, you're hitting a wedge. It's a part three downhill. You're hitting oh, it's, away. It's about 95 yards, you know, 100 yards. When you get back to the blues, 180, depend, you know, 181. You're going between maybe, you know, a five iron, six, six, five iron. And then some people, you know, who aren't as long a hitters, when they get back to the to the blues, mm-hmm. are hitting rescues. Yeah. You know, so it, it really does make a huge difference. And you can see it in the scores as well. Mm. There's no crazy. I would expect when we get back to the full 18, you know, we'll get 42s, 43s, 46 points coming in because it's there to be hit. But those names disappear pretty rapidly when we get back to the blues mm-hmm. and the summer starts hitting and it's it's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and those are guys who would, I suppose, you are shorter hitters. So they're when they're off the forward tees, they're getting themselves into positions that they can hit easier golf, you know, easier clubs to hit those approach shots into. And they revel in it, they enjoy it. But, you know, when you put those tees back, some of the carries become tough. Even when they do make the fairway, they're a long way back for their second shot. And a lot of the holes could be three-shotters for these guys, or it could be barely reaching the front of some of the par fours. So, uh, you know, make hay while the sun shines. You know, they're taking advantage of the way the course is at that stage. We should be too, by, you know, by, for uh, if you're going to argue that as well. Because we, we're going in with a lot of, a lot of the par fours, we can, we're going in with 50, 60-yard shots. You know, we should be... Of doing course, a lot better. we're now in spring, which means that our Southern Hemisphere uh, listeners are now coming towards the end of their golf season. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's <laughs> they're probably sitting there saying, please don't talk any longer about the fact that your season's starting. Well, okay, think about it. South Africa, that kind of area, loads of golf courses, they don't really get a winter, winter per se, you know, that, like we would have here. You know, so I... I it's probably a, a year-round season. Australia, can't imagine they suffer too much. Maybe New Zealand, they might get you know an Irish winter. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the reverse where Ireland is on the map. So they probably get something similar that we get in winter. You know, a bit of snow and it's probably a genuine well, season. If, if the listeners are there, let us know. Is it is it nearly a kind of a, for for our great summer days are probably their winter days. So let let us know whether or not you know. In terms of the season, is it is, it, is it really open most of the time, or is it is, is it closed off? Is it true that in Australia you can play golf in shorts all year round? 
I would say I would hazard a guess that yes, maybe bar one or two days. Well, we will find out. Let's move on to the news because I think uh, there's there's far more interesting things to talk about than our golf game, and that is Tiger Woods. Uh, just to, I suppose to put this in perspective, Barry, there was a report that was you know sent out on Golf um, WRX. Yeah, is this the the Robert uh, Lustick, um tweeted to say, and I quote, I'm told, hashtag Tiger Woods condition worsened. He can't move well. Painful to sit. Sits in car with seat fully reclined. No foreseeable return. Sad. Um, it didn't take too long for the golfing world um, to jump on this guy and say, hey, look, you know what? This is totally unnecessary, these kind of comments, you know. And it then really it was Tiger who came out one to dispel this health myth, he has released a 13-second video to refute the claims, hitting a uh, a shot in his his internal indoor um, computer simulator bay. As you get in your own restaurant, as you do. I mean, most oh, sorry, most of the restaurants we go to here have a, have a virtual reality golf driving range. You know, <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So he look, Tiger did the right thing. Posted a video, just basically told your man to shut up. You know, stop what. Making up, fabricating stories. I mean, why? What motivates somebody like that to, to actually send out a story like that? I'm guessing what somebody who really doesn't have an awful lot of time, and, and also the guy is is clearly somebody who's on the outside looking in and mm. wants to make a name for himself. You know, wants to to sound like he knows what's going on because you want to be in the circle. You want to be Tiger's friend. You want to be Rory's friend. You want to, you know, we've heard it over the last couple of weeks guys who are all of a sudden saying that they know Paul Dunn really well or they know Shane Lowry. You know, you get all these guys coming out of the woodwork that they don't know, but they just can say things because there's no way of disproving it. It's sad insofar as, I suppose, from Tiger's side of things, we had had a lack of information coming through from his end and maybe that, that could be a criticism that perhaps there is such an insatiable appetite of all things Tiger. He may need to start giving a bit more to the media. Davis Love is saying that uh, Tiger Woods can still make the US team. Um, there has been no return date given by Tiger in any of these posts, but uh, he certainly, were, we had, just to put this in perspective, a couple of weeks ago around Christmas, just before, we had the, the video, alleged video of Tiger on the driving range hitting wedges. We now oh, have the one, video yeah. of him hitting kind of three-quarter shots. There certainly isn't... That's not game ready by any stretch. The video that, that was showed. A, that was a Tiger driving range nine iron kind of shot there. You know, at the pace he'd hit it on the driving range, but the pace you see him hit the ball in a tournament conditions is is always totally different. I think the lesson we need to take from this is, and everybody should take from it, nothing about Tiger is true unless it comes from the horse's mouth or or his agent, I guess. You know, but, but that's 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 where we get the updates from on Tiger when he tells us this is where I'm at. That's that's what I want to know. I don't care about what other and journalists think or find out or, or tweet or put out. Just deal with what I just said a second ago in terms of, do you think that he has some responsibility to give a little bit more regular updates to, to negate this kind of idea that people will send out this stuff? Or or should we all just leave him be and when he comes back to play, he comes back to play? Look, I think... If he's got, you know, if there's something to tell, he'll tell it. If there's not a huge amount to tell, then why would he feel obliged to actually put it out there? I know he's got some sort of, I don't know, quote, responsibility to 
to the game because he's such a big part of the game to you know to keep people updated and like you said there is such an insatiable appetite but at the same time it's you know it's his own business if he wants to share it that's great and I think I think he's done the right thing in the way he responded to this I uh, sent out a video here we go you know this is how this is how I'm getting on and I guess we just wait for the next next uh, post from him or update or blog or whatever so uh look I'm, I'm really excited i want to see i want to see him back you know um it's very obvious um in the golf media that he is missed from the game and we want we, we do want him back so well, uh, let's let's not move too, for him. too far away from tiger and let's deal with phil nicholson um who's had a pretty decent start to the season um you know he's he's certainly put a lot of the errant tee shots particularly out of out of the game at the moment which is great Certainly the new swing coach and the changes that he's making is certainly working. He said this week on Golf.com, and I quote, there is nobody in the game that I have seen that is remotely close to the level of performance Tiger was in his prime. Mentally mentally short game or ball striking, I don't think anybody matches him in any of these areas. And Tiger put them all together in one to create a career that is mind-boggling in the game of golf. He goes on, I suppose the point that they're making here is, yeah, not Rory, not Jordan, not Jason, not Ricky, not Bubber, not not Dustin, not any of these guys. You know, you can talk about the top three, the top four, the big four, the big three, whatever you want to put it. Tiger Woods is still what sells golf around the world. And even when he's out, he's talked about. When he's in, he's talked about. Rory and these guys, you know, have a long, long way to go. And I think this is Phil kind of saying, lads, you know, keep your head down and keep going. You know, mm-hmm. but but don't start thinking you're you know you're better than the greatest. Is that a fair comment? Is that is 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 it? Is it, well, firstly, is Phil right? Is he the best in terms of you know the best that there ever was? I'd love, secondly, I'd love to meet somebody who tried to argue against that. And then secondly, you know, in terms of the way that it said, is it is is it a pointed? you know, a comment towards the younger guys, the Rory's or Jordans, to kind of say, look, you have a long way to go to be, be Tiger Woods. So just... I think that's Phil's way of giving advice to the younger generation. Not kind of having a go with them or anything. I think it's... Phil genuinely care, seems to care about the younger golfers on tour and, and you know, helping people along. And he just he does seem like that genuinely nice guy. Um, not having met him, we can, you know, we can only just take, you know, say what we see. But I think that's his way of giving advice to the younger generation, you know. Um. To, to, to finish the quote, uh, he says, and this is directly in response to the young lads, uh, as great as the young players are, the level that I've seen out of him being Tiger Woods, especially when you go back to 2000 at the US Open and his performance when he held all four major championships at once, I think we're decades away from anybody getting back to that level. Um so it is, you know, it's 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 clear where Phil lies here, mm. and and it's interesting hearing it from Phil, who, you know, by the way they they've always painted it, doesn't necessarily have the greatest relationship with Tiger, but he's certainly coming out this week to say, hey, standing up for his generation, you know, he's he's the guy. It's a it's a week of sage advice here because Harrington did a supposedly fa- a fascinating press conference pre just before this week now at the Honda Classic. And apparently this went on for 45 minutes and had all the, everybody in there on the edge of their seat completely enthralled, you know, the way he tells the stories and they had, he was, had them hanging on his every word and apparently lots of advice, lots of self-reflection, you know, lots of 
explanation of his thought processes and the things he's gone through in his career and uh, as always just I'm, I'm sure it would have been fascinating to have been there I'd love to get the, vi- the, the video exists I'd love to get it if anybody knows of that video existing on the internet of the compressor or or even a recording of it uh, please send us a tweet at Podcast GTS we'd be very happy to get that we're not going to go too far beyond Tiger again for the next story which is that uh, uh, Rory has had this going back and forward about his fitness and all of the comments about Chamley, yeah. you know, Chamley and whether or not, you know, he's going to be like, you know, Tiger and become over obsessed. And last week we had, uh, Rory putting out a video of, I'm, I'm bored in my hotel room. So I decided to do a few crunches. The you TRX, know? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he was doing the TRX behind the door. We get this week. Um, he, Rory provided probably the best take on anybody, um, about the, 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 the Tiger video with a tweet that said, while you're on your feet, do a few calf raises, would you? Uh, directly at the fact that he says that uh, clearly he's got small calves and he needs to do a bit of work. <laughs> I, I think this is I think this is a great aspect of, of golf at the moment, that there does seem to be great banter between and with social media. Mm. And the younger guys particularly, they seem to be very much engaged in, I want to actually kind of poke a bit of fun. We've had the Ricky Fowler and... I'm trying to think who the Ricky Fowler's having his constant fight with, um, uh, and he he puts all the the stuff over his car at the tournaments. That's awful. I should have thought that through. There, I can't remember who the other person is. I know somebody out there will at podcast GTS, but they completely just absolutely take the mick out of each other back and forward for the whole weekend when they're at the same tournaments. But it's great to see it because it it shows that actually they're they're competitive on the course, but. Ultimately, it's a bit of fun, and yeah. it is a job for them. But it reminds us all that at the end of the day, it's 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 it is about having, you know, a bit of fun and enjoying the game. And if you do that, you're going to play in the right way. Um, let's look at last week and the LPGA, and I suppose let's first start with our good friends Barry, who spent most of the weekend sending us tweets from the LPGA pro am down in Australia. There's some uh, some fairly nice uh, photos that are on the, the, the Twitter handle. Yeah, Derek uh, Derek King, thank you very much for all those photos. It looked like you guys had an absolute blast with Chris Tamoulis, and um, so much so that you had fun all the way to third place in the Pro-Am, which is no mean feat at all. So congrats, guys. I hope you got some decent prizes for it, for yeah. your efforts. Um, let us know what, what you did get, because... Uh it's 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 interesting to see what that kind of prize at a at a big pro am like that would 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 be. Well, it looks like they got a hangover by their uh, day before preparation in the bar. Well, I, I don't think you can dispute the results. You know, no, no, <laughs> that's not at all. Clearly, the that that that's the way to do it. They certainly are the James Richardsons of the Southern Hemisphere, and that you know you often play your most outstanding golf of the year when you come in absolutely smashed or when you over turn your brain side. off. There you go. Turn your brain off. Stupidest people can play the best golf. I reckon. Uh, it's free advice for every every listener. James won't charge for that. No, no. I tell you, if I if I could switch my brain off when I leave the house to play golf and switch it back on. If I just didn't think about golf and just played, I think I'd be an awful lot better. Uh, the ISPS Honda uh, Women's Australian Open was taking place in the Grange, South Australia. And this was a real blowout by uh, uh, Harry Namora. No- Namora? Hey, listen, I'm no, I'm no expert. <laughs> uh, who had a superb 65 in the final day for a total 272 and a three-shot win over... Lydia Coe, Kerry Webb was somewhat distant 
back in third at minus nine, Charlie Hull at minus eight, and then Beth Allen was minus eight with a few more then behind. Um, certainly a superb 65, um, 69, 68, 70, 65. I was just looking, Barry, and I, I said it to you before we came on air that, you know, like she picks up a check for $195,000, you know, it really is. It's a tough slog out there for the LPGA. You know, that's that's the kind of check you'd be picking up at a at a a, a, a second rate kind of US tour event for the win. Like it's Oh it's, you'd be crushing like a second rate US tour event you'd be uh, I think No, I mean in terms of oh, yeah, yeah. I mean in terms of kind of your web dot coms kind sure, of yeah, yeah. you know, not not I don't mean getting made more on web dot com than you would for this. Like it it just seems, you know, Unbelievable that that they're they're being paid. You know, if you if you look at just making the cost, you make two and a half thousand dollars. That's probably just co- barely covering your costs for the week. It's certainly a tough so, old life out there uh, on, on the, the LPGA. The LPGA. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, congratulations uh, to the winner, and and they move on for next week. I think to Thailand, but we'll come to that. And also, you think about getting to Australia for this event as well. It's going to cost a hell of a lot more. Australia is exp- an expensive country. You know that's. These girls are literally playing for the, their career we, or their livelihood week to week. I mean, on a on a serious serious level. And that's and that's the real the, the real problem on all tours, but certainly on that. You know, like it's it's so tough when you're when you've got those expenses and and to mm. survive. Let's let's turn our attention. Excuse me, turn our attention to the Maybank Championship in Malaysia at the Royal Selangor Golf Club in KL in Malaysia, and. Uh, uh, Marcus Fraser from Australia won this by two shots ahead of uh, the Korean Sungmin Lee, uh, thirteen, uh, sorry, fifteen under uh, two six nine. Very, very consistent over the course of the four days. Sixty six, sixty nine, sixty six, sixty eight. Just in terms of prize money, to put it in perspective, he took home a check of four hundred and thirty nine and a half thousand euros, and. Um, this was an event that I have to say I completely forgot was even taking place. <laughs> I got a little bit of it in. I actually got, I watched the um, highlight show as well, uh, the hour long highlight show. Well, would you like so, to tell the listeners in, 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 in a brief, and tell me what happened in this tournament? What I happened was heartbreak to poor, poor Suman Lee. He made two double bogeys in the last three holes. He had a 73 final round. He was he was going fine. Uh, double bogey sixteen and double bogeys eighteen, and loses by two shots. So it has it in the palm of his hands, and um, that is going to hurt. That, that's going to hurt for a long time. So, cracking golfer. Hopefully, he gets over that soon. Um, another cracking golfer actually was Miguel Tabuena. Uh, very exciting, kind of very animated guy from the Philippines. Um, and really had the, the commentators talking. So joint second, just uh, minus second thirteen, well, yeah. uh, two two behind, um, 66, 68, 69, 68, uh, You know, again, very consistent in terms mm-hmm. of you know there wasn't there wasn't a seventy three in, in in the middle of that. Look, and the thing is, at the end of the day, the most consistent player of all was Marcus Fraser. He made two bogeys over the entire week, and you know, when you start looking at stats like that, you can just argue that you know he did deserve to win the tournament. Though it, it's kind of a backdoor way of winning it with Zoom in making the two late double bogey. So would you hand it back though, Barry? Oh God, no! no. Any win is a win, absolutely. So um, good performance, um, just notable because fan of his Peter Uline. So good to see him back, putting in some decent scores. Yeah, tied ninth, minus Ooh, nine. Yeah, 
Louis Usain, one of the be- most beautiful swings in the game, was there tied 12th. Had a really poor third round, 73. So, but you know, finished at 66. Could be worth keeping an eye on for this week uh, down in Perth. He's one of the star names down there. We'll get to that in a little while. So, um, yeah, look, didn't see much of it. Tough to keep an eye on golf that's eight hours ahead. You know, you wake up, the results are out, and then you kind of lose the motivation to watch it, especially when they aren't those big, big, big star names there. But the problem I had was that it, it was starting at 3 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't do a wrap, <laughs> wraparound night between the yeah. U.S. and, and that. So uh, I'm sorry, Mal- uh, the Maybank uh, in Malaysia, but... You didn't get my attention this week. Let's let's look at the Northern Trust, which did get uh, certainly a lot more of my attention. And Bubba Watson has now won his ninth tour event, winning by one shot ahead of Adam Scott, Jason Kukorak, um, Dustin Johnson at 13 under, and then KJ Choi at, at minus 12. Uh, this is the second time that Bubba has won the Northern Trust. He won it two years ago, uh, tied 14th last year, and, and again won it this year. Um, interesting comments, Barry. I want to I look at this for a second, because I think this is very interesting. After his round, he was giving his um, his post, post-tournament post uh, interview to, I think it was uh, Costas, and he said, uh, you know, look, you just never know when the next win's going to come. You know, you never know if the last one is your last one. Which I thought was an interesting comment from a player at such the end of the, the world rankings, at the high end of the game that he's at, mm. that he's kind of going, you know, I don't know when the next one's going to be. So, you know, I just found it... I don't know, maybe I read too much into it. I just thought it was a it was an interesting comment by a guy who I would think that when he tees it up most weeks should really be going out and, and thinking, hey, I can win this, you know? I'm sure he does. It's, it's funny how Bubba can be so um, intelligently inflective like that, but all, you know, and only a couple of weeks ago at the Waste Management Phoenix Open be so absolutely idiotic in his comments about why he was there as in, my sponsors pay, you know, pay me money and they want me to be here. So it's just so... such polar ends of the scale, like with an intelligent comment, like you never know when it's going to be your last win... It's you know it's very it is thought out and he doesn't know that even though he has that ridiculous talent that he has, and, and I'm sure there's doubt in every golfer's mind, but I'm not sure that Tiger Woods, as we were talking earlier, Phil or or Rory, when they win a tournament, thinks, "Wow, this might be my last." Do you know? But I just yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. an interesting comment by a guy uh, in the top ten, guy that you would be putting down. You like he's a two like he's he's won the Masters. He's he's a guy who's going to the Masters in a few weeks' time. As somebody that you'd be thinking on the outside, hey, he's, he could win this. And the funny thing you know, is, and it's just it's a strange comment. It I sounds think. like the comment that a retired golfer would make, like something somebody you'd hear, like a Jack Nicholas say, or an Ernie Els or a VJ Singh, who 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 may genuinely win a, another event and then say, hey, do you know what? I don't know how many more I have in me. Could be it, yeah. But was but was no, like he's not super young. He's, he is knocking on forty, so. You just never know, and he could be getting bored of the game. He could want to just, you know, pack it all in. It's uh, who knows what his state of mind's at. But look, the, the thing about this tournament is this course is always fantastic. I love that. I love Riviera. But if you look at the leaderboard, there's some big, big hitters up there. Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, Kokrak, Johnson. They can all and Leishman. They can all knock that ball miles, and they are the top five with KJ Joy, KJ Choi sneaking in there to, to tie Leishman in fifth. 
But this is what happens when you cut the rough back in these places. The guys can just hammer it down there, and they're st- they're going in with short clubs. It doesn't matter that they're they're in the rough because they have a short club, and it's not penal enough rough. They're they're getting away with having that that distance and a course like this that is tree lined and supposed to be a test. It's because it has small greens. It is about getting as far down as possible. So they're going in with a highly highly lofted club, and it shows what happens when you cut the rough back and you just let these. The bombers wouldn't get at it. I heard all week over the four days of this event, and I I was watching a lot of the PGA live, which is mm-hmm. kind of starts around three o'clock during the day on uh, on Thursday and Friday, and I was watching a lot of the, the 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 groups going through, and there was a lot of that talk, you know, about you know this isn't a bombers course. This is a this can be a bombers course, mm-hmm. but it can also be a thinker's course. A shorter guy thinking his way around this course can win. It's not always the longest guy. But it doesn't bear that out this week. Was that because this course ended up being so soft by Thursday yeah. that really it did become a bomber's course? Not by design of Riviera, but simply by the weather changed that course. Because the first part of that week, Monday it through to... It was yeah. It was a tough, tough course. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, those guys were firing at those pins and really going low because of it. Yeah, and it's, it's a shame that the course kind of... All the prep they would have done would have been to get Riviera, Riviera firm, fast, and playing really tough, and getting that winning score to just a few under par. And then that rain, as you said, changed the entire characteristic of the tournament. Now, look, that's not to say the guys did plot their way around. KJ Choi, Ches Rivi, Matt Kuchar, they're not long hitters, you know, by tour standards. They are compared to us, but they're not by tour standards. And you look at the boys ahead of them, they are knocking that ball two, three clubs past them. So they're going to have much shorter irons. And it's just, I don't know, like you can't have every week playing like US Open with long, tough rough, no. but there has to be, you know, if I'm sure setting up a golf course is a nightmare and we're, it's easy for us to sit here and judge and throw out comments about it should be this, it should be that, and, it should be the other. And to be fair, they're, they're setting it up and if they get a dump of rain, that's not their fault. Then yeah. Let, Let's look at this because the one thing, and I think what I love about this tournament is the course itself. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful course. It. It hasn't changed an awful lot in the 80 years it's been there. You know, the 10th hole, which is the famous, it's the drivable par 4, which actually played an awful lot harder all week for mm-hmm. what you would think. The green about uh, as wide as a strip of sellotape. Yeah, and, and you know, you miss it in the wrong place, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at... Um, on Thursday, I think a lot of guys were ending up in the, the right-hand bunker. They were ending up with more bogeys than pars. And this because is it's so tough. Can you imagine how much tougher that would have been if the green was firm, firm and fast? I mean, you see where the pros were playing to. They were playing, like chipping. Say they missed the green and there's a bunker between themselves and the green. They were hitting to the front of the green so they could then play a shot up the green so they're not risking running across. And that's when the green was soft, a little slower than it would have been, and receptive. And they, the pros are playing to like the smart play or the, the safe play, I guess. But the great thing is this tournament, to me, is the start of the season. It's the start of the, mm. the, the big guys coming back. They're starting to crank it up for the Masters. They're trying to crank it up, the, you know, their, their, their tournament play. The course, in my view, still is the star of the show. Mm-hmm. But the interesting point is that this course is always renowned for really fast, tough greens that are very hard to read. But the point I want to make to you is the guy who came second last week, Adam Scott who has had to take on board the change of the putter. He showed this week 
he shouldn't be afraid of going to difficult courses with very fast greens, tough to read, mm. with that short stick. Yeah. Because that was some impressive putting by him. 68, 68, 67, 67. Superb. Now, mind you, having said that, on the 72nd hole, he didn't need the short stick because it was an incredible chip in from the back of the green. It's one way um, to keep the putting stats low, isn't it? It certainly is. But, but when you look at a guy like that, when we all were talking last week and thinking, or over the last while, who will not benefit from this change of rule with the anchor? Adam Scott was one of those leading names that you'd say, it's going to affect him. Just had to look but it up. But really does doesn't. 15th in strokes gained putting for the week. And, and, and this is with you the know? short stick. Yeah. So it is possible, you know, and, and, and I think it's important to kind of note that this week particularly for Adam Scott that really the putter was was, was working and, and, he, and he is adapting. We saw mm. it a couple uh, down at the, was it the, uh, was it the President's where he held some absolute bombs of putts, 30, 40 footers. Yeah. It's certainly getting close to and, being and if, very he- healthy. His swing, like his full swing looks absolutely sensational at the moment and if he just marries a decent ball striking week, you know, good greens and regulation with a half decent putting week. Like he doesn't have to lead the putting stats for the week because he's such he's such a good greens and regulation guy. Like he's sixth in greens and regulation and he's put in like a fifteenth in strokes game putting performance. It's, it's no wonder he's there in second place. Like but if he just has a half decent putting week most weeks when his 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 long game is on, he's going to there contending. And guess what's just around the corner? Well this is it. He should take a lot of confidence going forward towards the Masters that he can deal with lightning quick, quick greens with that putter. So it's it's great because I love Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott is one of those players that I really enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. He's got the sweetest iron play that I, I, I think you can find. Like that swing is just metronomic. It's yeah. it's superb. If you can copy that, folks, do it. Oh, you know, and, and the fact, and, and I was talking to, um, well, I think everybody knows that Mark works for Titleist, but I'll say it anyway. And he was saying that, like, when you look at Titleist's MB series, mm. they are really making that for Adam Scott. Oh, because yeah, yeah. in the general scheme of anybody else in the game, even really good tour, you know, uh, local tour players or pros, they're moving to CBs or the, the AP2s in Titleist because of the forgiveness. Not Adam Scott. Really, a lot of research has gone into what does Adam Scott want in a, net, a Titleist MV? Yeah. Because he just hits them so beautifully. And how well, and how much he can help them in the development of clubs like that. Um, surely one of the most beautiful blades out there. And just while we have the Masters countdown clock up, like we do in every given week, we're a little, we're day off from our usual recording day, but it is tomorrow, six weeks, the Masters. Today, six weeks, the Par 3 contest is going on. So... Um, it's it's just it's going to be here before we even know it. So it's so quick. I can't wait. Let's move away from Northern Trust. For, but before we do, in light of what you've just said about forty six days, forty two, forty two days. Yeah. Sorry, forty two days to the Masters. Should people be slightly worried of the seventy five by Rory McIlroy on Sunday? Not even slightly. Fair enough. We move <laughs> on. Uh, let's look at uh, next week's tournaments and we are moving towards the LPGA is at the Honda LPGA in Thailand Uh, it's a 6,548 yard par 72 and Amy Yang defends and Barry you have quick run down to the top for you in the betting from the green bookies in B Park is 6-1 Se Young Kim is 13-2 Stacey Lewis 8-1 Hannah Jang 12-1 
Lexi Thompson and Shan Shang Feng are 16 to 1. Inji Chun 18 to 1. Uh, Suzanne Pedersen 22 20 to 1. And the rest of the field are 22 to 1 and out. A lot of the Asian girls there uh, with names that would definitely trip me up to three syllable ones. <laughs> it's, I, this, I was talking to. Um, we were playing with one of the uh, the ladies in the club was in her three ball on Saturday and was talking to her about like how much LPGA she watches because she watches a lot of the the men's golf the European Tour and the PGA Tour and she said yeah um, she watches a bit of it but uh, she remarked about how the just the conveyor belt of golf that's coming you know with really good female golfers coming from just Asia in general. But in particular, South Korea has just been phenomenal. I mean, it's like they have a factory just producing great golfer after great golfer after great golfer. And she, she was just talking about surmising that the amount of money they must have spent on golf development for women in South Korea must have been astronomical. And I just said, well, I think it's money well spent because you can see the, the benefits they've got from it. And it just seems like there's a new one every week. Yeah, it truly is. Um, and, and we'll keep an eye on, on, on that event over the next uh, uh few days uh the european tour is the isps uh handa not honda handa uh perth international um surprise surprise in perth mm-hmm. uh 7143 yard par 72 uh thornbjog olison defends the title he won in 2014 on the basis that it didn't take place last year um, Barry, you've had a very quick look at this course and and the kind of the topography of it, and uh, went to the website. A lovely little kind of uh, couple of paragraphs by the course designer. Um, it's it's a very hilly course. It's one of the hillier championship courses in Australia, and they've kangaroos just what randomly wandering around the course, hopefully not picking up your golf ball. Uh, that would be a bit of a disaster. They're quite wide fairways, but the key factor in this week is hitting the right part of the fairways so you can then attack the greens and attack the pins. Um, the winds can get up here. It's near the seaside, so it's uh, you know controlling your ball flight is a, is a, uh, a key thing to do here. Um, you know, Being able to play in seaside windy conditions will be a big help. So, I mean, I guess... Look at guys who've played, you know, South Africans, Australians, of course, you know, and um, well, let's maybe run down, people from the British Isles. Let's let, let's run down, I suppose, the the betting, and there's a uh, four way, four four places in terms of uh, the, the the usual betting company we use. Louis Auste is in nine to one, Victor de Brisson fourteen to one, who this week, by the way, is talking a lot about the short game and the need on the short game and how much he's been working on a short game. But anyway, we move on. Um, His short game is dreadful. Well, he's, he's, got, he's, he's been working on it, so let's keep an eye on it over the, the course of the weekend. Uh, Olison, the defending champion, 18 to 1. Marcus Fraser, last week's champion, 25 to 1. Brett Rumford, 25 to 1. Uh, Miko Illinen, 28 to 1. Peter Uline, there for you, Barry, 33 to 1. Our very own Paul Dunn, 40 to 1, which is impressive to see. It's such a. a, a, a start to his career on the PGA in the European PGA that he's uh, he's he's right up there at the top end um in terms of, of, of betting. In terms of anybody buried that, that does, you know, should we look no further than than Thornbjörg Olsen? Um is there anybody out there that's a little further down that, you know, might be worth the punt? Actually you know who I like that Miguel Tabuena played great last week. I he just Seems like a very happy-go-lucky 
guy. I, you know, it could be the guy that just rides the way, crests of the wave that he's on. He's there at fifty to one. I'm sure if you rouge around the, uh, the bookies, you might find somebody on uh, slightly a bit more generous than fifty to one. But um, well, let's look. Keep keep it up. Keep, like I mean, look. My guy, <laughs> far from being a um, professional punter or advisor on bets. Um, well, no, because it's, it's, you, you sometimes can find interesting guys down in the field which, uh, you know, can, can have a bit of value. Um, let's look at the PGA Tour. This is really, I suppose, where the big hitters are this week. Again, it's another cranking up towards the um, the, the, the Masters. The start of the Florida swing. Yeah, so the Honda Classic, uh, PGA National Champion, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, 7,140-yard par 70. This is... Um, this is after Bork Harrington's superb win last year in the playoff um, against Daniel Berger, it, it's certainly certainly one that he's going to have a lot of uh, good good memories of. Rory McIlroy as well has, has had a good time around here. And unsurprising in terms of the betting, he is leading it this week at 11-2. Mm. Ricky Fowler, 12-1. Matsuyama, 18-1. Patrick Reed 18-1. Adam Scott, 18-1. Phil... At twenty-two to one, there might be some value there in terms of the way he's been playing. It's only going to be a matter of time before he breaks through. Brandon Grace, another guy so consistent, thirty to one. Kevin Kisner, thirty to one. Brooks Kepka, uh, thirty to one, and Paul Casey, thirty-three to one, and and we can go out from there if necessary. And um, Park Harrington last year, Russell Henley the year before, Michael Thompson the year before, Rory McIlroy. This isn't an easy course. It's it's certainly no, not one that this is the bear trap, the home of the bear trap. So everybody knows fifteen, uh, sorry, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, um, brutally tough holes, and they say that if you can play those on level par, you're gaining against the rest of the field by at least a half a shot. It just depends on the day as well, the wind's direction. But um, this, I, I like obviously we like this event a lot because um, Harrington won it last year. But we have good memories in this event. This was a time, if you remember, last year we were at Four Golf. Mm. And uh, I happened to be hanging on just to talk to Derek afterwards, and we, you know, hit booked out his iPad, and we ended up watching the playoff on his iPad there down at their um, cool facility in Killeen Castle. I also like this because I won because I put I backed Pork after I think the second or third day, yeah, um, and uh, was very happy. And in fact, I watched the playoff on my iPad sitting outside Woody's in uh, Sandyford Industrial Estate, <laughs> yeah. uh, thinking I needed to go in and get paintbrushes. Just to put this in perspective, Joe, for, for a second, Barry, 2015, poor Carrington, he was sixth in scrambling. Russell Henley, uh, 2014, ninth in scrambling. 2012, Rory was first in scrambling. Rory Sabatini, 2011, first in scrambling. Shows that you're not going to be tee to green all the time. You are going to need to get up and down and mm. save those pars because pars are like birdies around this course because it is so tough. So yeah, look for deli- a delicious short game and somebody's putting well, I guess. Um, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah, well look, why not? The way he was swinging it last week. Um, any, any, gonna put any bets? Or are you gonna wait for you? I, I usually in, do in the running? like. Well, look, if we're looking at short game. At fifty to one, can you look beyond Shane Lowry? No, not you know, at all. like if you if that's the kind of short game you're looking for, fifty to one and Shane Lowry, and um, 
Uh, maybe maybe that might be where I'll, I'll, I'll put a couple of euros pre, pre-tournament. pre Interestingly, they're continuing their seven places on this particular company at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so They may or may not be... merge with Betfair recently. We couldn't possibly say Betfair um, <laughs> in relation to who this is, but yeah. they are paying seven places. So, you know, somebody like Shane Lowry at 50 to 1, you know, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad outside bet. Um, you know, is there anybody, Barry, that you, you're you looking at going, eh, yeah, there's this guy that might might spring a surprise? Do you know what? Camilo Vajegas had a great opening round last week. Plays well in Florida. Plays well on Bermuda grass greens. He's 100 to 1. It's, uh, you know... You can get him out to 150 to 1 on other depending places. On, depending on the moment. websites, uh, yeah. Um, certainly, yeah. It, like, you know, where they're pay- paying... You know, six, seven places. It's certainly one that uh, because he's he's really come back. He's very much there at the moment. You, you we've seen a bit of form from him. So that's uh, that's an interesting call. Well, look, I, I'll go Shane Lowry. You go Camilla Vajegas, and we'll see uh, next week who uh, who get in? who got higher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, leave it at that. There we go. Sure, look, uh, Barry. I suppose it's going to be an, again an interesting week. I do love the Honda Classic. It also moves it back to to this side of the continent uh, 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 of, side America. of America, so we can we can get a lot more viewing of it. Well, there's only five hours in the difference for us. It's a it's a little bit less. Um, you know, it doesn't run into the wee hours of the morning. You know, when it's an eight hour difference to the West Coast. So it's uh, it, like you said, it is the kind of the kickoff of the season. Really, they finish California, they go to Florida, and it's like you feel like it's game on here. We're on the but you can definitely see it with their names are there. The big names are here, and uh, you know it's 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 just it's a, a really enjoyable um, tournament to watch. And uh, you know you never know. There the is this the tournament that Roy left with his bad tooth a couple of years ago? Yes, yes, it is. So yeah. you see, you never know what will happen. You know, uh, <laughs> at this tournament, and um, I'm going to enjoy watching it. There's so much sport. We've got the Six Nations. We've got. Uh, League Cup finals going on over the UK. We've got all the golf. I'm unlikely to see much of uh, Australia's golf tournament this week, but I will. We will try and catch as much as possible. Look, Barry, I, I will see you on Saturday morning for for our usual round of golf, and um, I'll see you next week to to go over all of those events and the reviews. And looking forward to the following week's events. Want to thank you, the listeners, for listening at Podcast GTS. If you want to get in touch with us through Twitter. A good talk spoiled at gmail.com is the email. Oh, one thing. We're trying to get Peter Costas to do a swing analysis of our swings for our 100th episode, which is coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So Two. Two weeks' time. Couple, well, two couple is two. Anyway, if anybody happens to just have Peter Costas' number or email address or, or could try hook us up with them, that would be amazing. Like anyone who's listened to the show for a long time knows I'm a huge fan you're a huge fan of him and his Konica Minolta Biz Hub Swing Vision Slow Motion Swing Breakdown and it'll be just uh, kind of a dream come true for myself if I could get him to do that I think it would be a dream come true for all of us yeah. um, you guys put Maybe your swings up last yeah. week um, yeah. to the podcast I, I vetoed I did record mm. my swing both from behind and side on I, I did send it to Barry and um, but I'm, I I I didn't release it <laughs> through a strap. Um, I will I will re-record this week. In fairness, the angle because I didn't have a way of propping it up. I was putting it miles behind me, up against the wall, so it it, it looked appalling from where it is. And I 
don't want people having to spend that much. Do you know what? You know, a product to test for next week for a product review. Yes, uh, sorry, yes, Barry uh, very kindly gave me a birthday present to allow me to record my swing and prop it up so they have no further excuses. This golf, golf, golf swing recording product review coming uh, next week. So we will, the details we, come. we will do it. I, I, I will do it. Uh, I'll, be up, uh, I'll be up the driving range again this week before Saturday, so I will take another video, a better video, and we will put it up on the internet. Um, anyway, we were about to say goodbye at podcast GTS, let's get on to Costas and get our swing reviews mm. <laughs> done. We're totally selfish in that respect. But thank you for listening. Thank you, Barry, for your excellent input as always. And we will talk to you all again next week. Bye, Barry. Well, goodbye. Bye-bye.